Hello everybody and welcome back to Greencast. This is the second edition of our new series of digital marketing podcasts brought to you by Greenlight Digital. As ever, my name is Paul Byrne. I'm a group client partner here. I'm joined today by Rowan Evans, our new head of innovation. Rowan, how are you? Good, thanks Paul. How are you? Good, yeah. A bit better than I was on Saturday when you beat us in the rugby. Oh, I know. It's a sad day, but quite a good day for Scots when I have to Yeah, you don't get many of them, so we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll let, let, us have, we'll it. let, let you us have, have that. It. So Rowan has been with the agency for about three years. Rowan worked in the BBC before that, has a strong background in journalism, has previously run our content and outreach um, department, but now under her role as head of innovation is going to help us to kind of define how we help brands shape their um, digital presence and image online. So Rowan, you spend a lot of your time looking at what brands are doing online and how they're communicating with the customers. What's happening in that world right now? Well, I think the world of marketing, much like other areas and other sectors, is just responding to the ever-changing political times that we live in. I'm probably not going to be the first person today that you hear talk about Trump, Brexit, um, the ever-growing um, sort of female buying power that we've seen off the back of um, you know, all the women's marches that happened last month. It's really interesting and changing times that we live in and brands are somewhat, if you ask me, kind of piggybacking on the back of that to make their points. A good example, the Super Bowl at the weekend, as we all know, the halftime ad space at the Super Bowl was potentially some of the biggest um, advertising real estate in the world. Mm. And, you know, it's been the make or break for massive brands and, and, and things over the past couple of years. So to see major brands like Budweiser and Audi come out with ads that have a strong political statement Budweiser made a sort of historical reference to the um, their their founders' kind of immigration into the states, um, whereas Audi waded in on the p- gender pay gap. These brands are saying, "Oh, it's just a coincidence. We're not getting too political." But it's really hard to believe that they are not aware of the effect. I think it's pretty punchy for brands like this to be getting political. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, but it's wise sometimes for brands to get political. I think it's right to be contextual, right to be try to be relevant and yeah. express your views. But sometimes it can backfire, especially on things like social media. We've seen the delete the Uber hashtag, yeah. while not necessarily campaign, they were caught up in, in kind of Trump's ban or whatever you want to call yeah. that. So being being kind of involved in politics and ha- having a commentary can be dangerous sometimes. I think for brands. Absolutely, I think brands are getting brave these days because the world of politics is changing. You know the old phrase of never discuss politics politics and mixed company, you know, you didn't want to, to say your allegiance for fear of offending someone. Those days are kind of gone, mm. especially with what's been happening over the past year. And I think brands are now just really following suit that, you know, they're not afraid to say what they think because the world is kind of, um, they'd almost be, I think, looked on poorly if they didn't have an affiliation yeah. or have a strong standpoint. So the cynic in me says it's just a clever marketing tactic to speak to at least one half of the states or one half of the UK. But on the other hand, it's it's really interesting times, and I wonder how long it'll be before we see the same kind of thing happen over here after Brexit. Yeah, I wonder if brands need to be smarter in terms of how they talk to people, in terms of you know, because the world is now becoming so polarized, and there is such a, a yeah. split between maybe it would have been one big mass audience in, yeah. in the past. So I guess maybe with that in mind, how do brands get? How do you think brands get closer to consumers and and can speak a bit? better to them more intelligently. So relevance and context is really important these days. I mean, it it has been for a long time, but I think consumers are so smart these days and we have such a a sort of vast array of the, not only the brands that we can, you know, interact with and and buy from, but also the the content that they create that we can consume. And so if brands don't get that message right and speak directly to a consumer and put context behind their messaging, they're going to lose out. I think influencer marketing is still going to be a strong tactic in this. Um, Brands who are kind of just using broad brushstrokes to speak to millennials or or mums, both massive groups with big um, buying power, they're going to miss out. We we want to be spoken to as individuals. So influencer marketing, sorry, influencer marketing can help them with that from the point of view 
of your sh your shaping your brand message through the mouthpiece of somebody who is relevant to a group of consumers. So, for example, Paul, you and I, we both use washing powder, but the reason I use it as a mum, potentially different to the reason you use it, say, mm -hmm. a sportsman. Yeah. So, sportsman, that's a loose term. But. Oh, I'm giving you, I'm bigging you up here, Paul, but I'm sure you do some <laughs> sport. <laughs> but the, um, the, but, you know, the products are the same, the benefits are the same, the message is potentially the same, but the mouthpiece yeah. is different. And that, to me, is why influencer marketing is only just kind of, kind of going. I've heard you talk about um, dark social. It's a really interesting concept. Yeah. Can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, so dark social, it, it's a bit of a misnomer to be honest because it's not really that dark. It's just brands using apps such as Snapchat or WhatsApp to speak directly to their consumer. Some brands have been doing it for a while, but it just, for me, speaks of that blurred line between branded and organic messaging. Um, I think for a long time, consumers have expected brands to be kind of open all hours there to be spoken at and for the you know for us to consume the messaging on their side and I think this is just really turning that brand consumer relationship on its head um, in as much as you should expect to have brand messaging sent to you any point anywhere even on platforms that are potentially used more for private use yeah and sounds it does sound dark when you put it that way but in actual fact I think that within some sectors it's kind of to be expected, and there's many consumers that are pretty prepared for it. I'm pretty sure that with the likes of Tencent and WeChat in China, that's how they communicate directly. It's via, it's via in apps, it's via text messages. It's, yeah. it's all you know based on what they know about somebody. Yeah. So it's so it's a one billion people in the world already. It's not yeah. necessarily too scary. And again, it really allows for brands to have that context and speak directly to the, the appropriate consumers. Diageo, for example, have been using it but they're using it in such a way that they can segment so they know they're only speaking to the over 18s. You know, for some brands, it just makes sense. That makes perfect sense, Ryan. I think, you know, as we wrap up now, who is doing this well? Who's doing content, context marketing well? Who's caught your eye at the moment? So there's a campaign that we'll all have heard of that launched this time last year, the Sports England This Girl Can campaign. Oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously, you can tell I'm really plugged into to women's issues. I'm a bit <laughs> feminist, but this is interesting to me. It was such an interesting campaign, that really striking image of that Missy Elliott song with... The, you know the antithesis of the yeah. the classic sporty women that we've all seen you know normal normal girls out there doing sport it was groundbreaking last year they've just launched phase two they've just launched their second mainly in print just now and i've seen on social um the option to kind of do personalized uh posters of this girl can again really personalised, really bespoke, speaking to the consumer. But I really want to see what kind of effect that can have. Does it still have the same shock factor? Will that campaign be a successful second mm -hmm. time round? So that's one that I'm going to be watching this month. Brilliant round. It was really interesting and really insightful. I know I've learned a lot today and hopefully your listeners have, have taken something away from today's conversation. Um, thank you all for listening. That's the end of today's uh, Greencast. If you'd like to find out more about content marketing, please visit greenlightdigital.com where we've got lots of different magazines and blogs you can have a read. Until next time, take care. Have a good day. Bye.